Welcome to Men of Abundance, the podcast for those looking to level up their lives by hanging out with some of the greatest leaders and established professionals in our community, living a life of integrity, honor, and the abundance mentality. Prepare to pay it forward with your host, former army medic turned lifestyle entrepreneur, Wally Carmichael. What's up? What's up, all of you amazing abundant leaders out there? I am Wally Carmichael, your founder and host of the Men of Abundance podcast, the Pay It Forward community, proving to you that you can, in fact, live a life of abundance in family, faith, finances, and fitness on your way to having more. And I assure you, there is absolutely nothing wrong with having more. In fact, it's your responsibility to have more if you have the ability to do so. And by listening to this show, you do have the ability to do so. The reason why I say it's your responsibility is because the more resources you have, the more you can give. And that's more wisdom, more of yourself, more time, and more financial resources. And listen, if you don't want to believe that for yourself, that's cool. All I'm telling you is this has been the reason why I'm living the lifestyle that I want to live and the reason why many of the guests on this show, the conversations you're listening to, have been living such an amazing life as well, the life of their abundance, the life of their choice, and their life on purpose. Now, I will tell you one thing for sure. One of the reasons why I'm living such an amazing life is because I've had the ability, I've had the mindset to pay it forward every chance that I got. Whenever I have some information, I share it. Whenever I have additional resources, I share my resources. I share with my church. I'll, I'll just give them, give money, give cash to somebody on the side of the road. I let them do with it whatever they will do with it. I give where I can give of my time, talents, and resources. So how can you pay for it right now this second? Well, one way is you can share Men of Abundance with others. Be abundant in your actions right now. Share Men of Abundance. Take a screenshot of your phone or even take a picture of your computer or however it is that you're listening to this and share it out on social media. Hashtag Men of Abundance. Hashtag Abundance. And then tag me. Let me know that you're sharing it out there. I would love to give you a shout out and thank you personally on the show for sharing Men of Abundance with others. And those that you share it with, I assure you, they're going to come back and thank you for it. I've heard it time and time again. I get emails. I get text messages. I get Facebook messages, LinkedIn messages, you name it. People are contacting me on a regular basis telling me what they get out of these conversations and how that one conversation that day made all the difference in their week, even in their life. It's extremely powerful when you share these conversations. So be abundant in your actions today. Pay it forward. Share Men of Abundance however you see fit. And please go over to iTunes and leave a rating and review. If you're getting anything out of this, it makes a big difference in the search engines when people are searching for the conversations that we're having here on Men of Abundance. So let's get into our conversation today. Our featured guest today is Todd Furneaux. He is co-founder of AdCaddy, which is a mobile app that keeps your personal inbox free of brand clutter by giving you a new email address and experience to use for all your consumer needs. AdCaddy will create a personalized inbox for you where you can direct email communications from your favorite companies. The app will sort your incoming emails, helping you keep promo emails, receipts, 
and shipping notifications separate and organized. And today we're having a conversation with the mastermind behind AdCaddy. Men of Abundance, it is my pleasure to introduce you to Todd Furno. Todd, welcome to Men of Abundance, brother. How are you doing? Good, how are you? I'm excellent. Where are you at in the world? I am in San Francisco today, but I'm from Atlanta, Georgia. From, I've been to both of those places. I like Atlanta. Now, I was in San Francisco. Goodness, I must have been maybe seven or eight. <laughs> so it was many, many years oh, yeah. ago because my grandmother lived in Sacramento. We used to go visit her from Arizona, from Phoenix, where I grew up at. And then uh, Atlanta, man, I dig Atlanta. I've been there a couple times. Yeah. Atlanta's great. It's grown fast. I've been there for you know over 20 years, but a lot of people live there now. It's a great city. Yeah, I can imagine. I think the last time I was there was definitely a good 10, maybe even 15 years ago. So it was the last time I was there. But anyhow, man, oh, wow. I, like to, I like to start out with an attitude of gratitude. What do you have to be grateful for today? Uh, today, you know, I just had my fourth baby. So, you know, I've got four kids under the age of six. They're all happy and healthy. And, uh, you know, it's a, it's a miracle in itself. So Yeah, what a blessing, man. All, I mean, it, you know, those of us who have very healthy kids really do sometimes, I feel, take it for granted yeah. um, because I've got some close friends that just don't. And, you know, they love them just the same, but, man, what a challenge. Yep. You know? Yes, and, absolutely. So just good perspective to have, um, yeah. knowing that other kids need help. And, yeah. Yeah, Very grateful. For sure. Absolutely. And that's definitely something to be grateful for, man. So, you know, one of the things we like to get into here, we're going to get into what you're doing professionally. And I talked a little bit about that before we got started here. But here on Men of Abundance, we really like to get to know the man behind the abundance. So if you would, how would you describe yourself? Yeah, I um, I would say disciplined and hardworking is kind of what I like to, the approach I like to take to life. And, um, you know, I... I have a couple of businesses that I run and a few others that I mentor and help get started. Um, I have four kids. Um, I'm an ultra runner, so I like to kind of stay in shape and make sure I'm challenging myself, my mind and my body in that way. But um, yeah, I mean, I'd say kind of uh, slightly once what I want to grow every day. There's something that is in me that I want to learn and learn something new. I, I don't sit still very well. I don't like to watch TV. Uh, I don't like to watch sports. You know, there's always just something that is a curiosity, you know, in my in my head, whatever the flavor is from a business perspective or, you know, something I'm researching that time, uh, my mind just kind of flows down that path. Man, I'll tell you what, that's interesting you say that, and I really never thought of it this way, but you know what? Business strategies and marketing strategies and life strategies, for that matter, is is my sport. That's my spectator sport that I actually participate yeah. in. I, I'm like you, brother. I cannot sit and watch sports all year long. Uh, I can watch the Super Bowl with a group of guys, you know, or the World Series and stuff like that. Yeah. I love the Olympics. My wife and I love to watch the Olympics, but I just cannot make the time. I will not make the time. When there's so many other things that I could be doing, that's just me personally, and that's you know it's refreshing to meet somebody yeah. else who feels the same way. Yeah, I, I think to some degree, people watch sports maybe it's a time to relax. There's nothing wrong mm-hmm. with that. You know, I do other things to relax, but you know, some people watch it because they think they they're supposed to. <laughs> I, I <laughs> and agree. that's just like challenging yeah, and norm. That's a good point. Like, you know, if you don't enjoy watching football then don't watch football yeah. well then um, you got the so, guys who say man we really we really killed him in that game i'm like we were you were sitting on the couch dude 
<laughs> but I like messing with the guys all yeah. the time, especially now that um, uh, fantasy football. I heard this radio um, commercial the other day with this girls. This, the um, DJ basically said something like, all right, girls, now's the time that your guys are out fantasizing about other guys playing football. Wait, that came out wrong. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's a, it's a fantasy football. I call it um, um, Dungeons and Dragons for jocks. But it, yeah, it's, it's oh, pretty Oh, I funny. like that. That's a great analogy, actually. <laughs> it's basically what it is, right? Kind of. Anyhow, yeah. man, we're getting down the rabbit hole, as I, as I often you do. Face. But, brother, one of the other um, things that I really like to bring up here on Men of Abundance is that kick-in-the-gut moment, because we all have them, especially somebody who's as busy as you are. Things happen. Not everything goes right. As much as we would like to and much as I plan plan ahead, speaking for myself, and I envision what I want to happen, it doesn't always turn out that way. And sometimes it just goes south. And it's what we do with yep. that information and what we do with that experience that really uh, sometimes changes the trajectory of our lives. So if you would, share with us a kick in yeah. the gut moment and really make us feel that. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, I'd say from like an entrepreneurial perspective, um, this happens to me a lot, you know, my fifth startup and there's a thing that, that, you know, is common is product market fit is do you have a product that people want to buy? And it's pretty simple mentality or way of thinking about it. But ultimately you create something cause it's in your head. And you're like, this is a really good idea. People are going to want this. And then you take it to the market, whether it be through a prototype, you know, a survey or just trying to get some information out there. And then people come back and say, no, I don't want that. Like, whoa okay you know because you may have spent a year on it or you know you, you just think this idea is brilliant whatever it might be and as like you go through that process of finding out does your product fit in the market do they really want it do they love it um when you get that kick in the gut moment of nope that's not what they want you know that's kind of the point in time where you guys make a decision do i want to pivot and create you know something slightly different from my idea my original vision or hypothesis which there's nothing wrong with that it's not like you're you know going from making corn to making you know cars it's just really just kind of pivoting within an idea and most recently you know ad caddy is a, a company an ad tech company i started um, with some other folks and you know basically the idea was you know people love brands they love to keep up with brands so how do we give them the ability to do that in their terms because the reason people say advertising is you know, annoying is because it's interruptive. It's interrupted to something that they're doing. But it's not interrupted if they go to a mall. Like they're excited to see new items or you know, events that might be happening, new products or promotions and sales. So you know, we, we had this idea that we could make it fun and engaging if we gave the user control of when they see it and how often they see it. And so we went down the path of like two or three iterations. You know, I was... You know, selling my 401k to, to test this theory. And when it came back, they're like, no, we don't, we don't want that. I'm like, wow. I mean, that, that's a huge kick in the gut moment of like, okay, mm -hmm. this is not how they want to see it. So then I went back and said, well, you know, what if we solved a problem for them by eliminating the clutter in their personal inbox? Meaning we'll give you a new consumer email address and you can take that email address and give it to Amazon. And when you check out at Nike or, you know, at, you know, Banana Republic. So then all the marketing, shipping, receipts come into one location, we organize it for you. Well, that then took off. And so what, what, which was a kick in the gut moment, I stuck with my guns to say, look, I, I think this vision or theory is correct. And then we moved it into something interesting that basically had utility to their life up front. 
but it, that those kick in the gut moments, you can either let them kick you in the gut and then it just leaves a scar, or they're there for a reason and they happen for a reason. You say, well, what can I do to take that and and really turn to something positive? Mm-hmm. Um, and so, look, we we are now in our fourth version of Bad Caddy, and the fifth one will launch in th- uh, six weeks. I'm sorry, eight weeks. And we think we've kind of cracked the code on the psychology of how people can keep up with this and still declutter their personal inbox. So, you know, those kick in the gut moments where, you know, you feel like it's over, you know, like this is done, you know, how am I going to close the business down turns into something really, really powerful or special. And in every business that I've started, every, you know, major thing that's happened in my life, there's always been a kick in the gut moment. And then it's up to you to decide, right, what are you going to do with this kick in the gut? Are you learn from it let it bring you down are you going to let you're going to keep going with it yeah you know thanks for sharing that there's a lot of um there's a big message there and there's quite a few messages there one that i want to point out that you know and really cater this to some of the guys out there because i know others that are going through this because i have these conversations and there's a you've got something in your mind guys and you're just going after it and going after it and going after it but the difference is when I, because I always say that there is a time to quit. There's a time to give up. But the difference is what Todd did was he made changes. He up, he, they updated. You're on your fourth version now. It reminds me of um, two things, two stories. One that's a huge success, and the other one not so much. Uh, I'll use a name for the huge success, and I won't use a name for the other one. <laughs> Yuri uh, Levine, who Levine, I think it is, who started Waze back before smartphones even existed, and he started it in Israel. Uh, and he started on a PDA, and it was ugly as heck, and everybody said it's not going to work. He got no funding, and he just kept going at it, going at it, going at it. This is back in the 90s. And ultimately ended up selling that to Google for over a billion dollars, a billion with a B. Now he's doing other things now as well. And then on the contrast to that, a guy who that I know has been trying to get these um some the QR codes and he's trying to do something specific with the QR codes and he's saying China's doing it and China's doing it and blah blah blah. And he's been pushing this thing for years and he's lost his thirty year marriage over it, he's lost his health over it, and he's still going after it. And it's just so you got to look at the contrast there, guys, and know that you have a great idea and keep checking with the market, but then keep changing with what the market is wanting. Is that accurate with with your experience, Todd? Oh, my gosh. It's extremely accurate. And I think understanding when to quit is very, very powerful. Um, and, and, you know, in, there's a couple things in my mind I think about. Here are a couple reasons of when to quit, and if they don't fit that, I need to keep going. And most of the time, it's keep going. But to your point on like the QR code, um, if you don't see continued growth and excitement around the idea, whether it was a product or idea or service, whatever it might be, um, then you need to reevaluate. Do I need to pivot and see something different, or am I out of pivots and this just isn't going to work? Like in the example of a QR code, like people just don't use them. I mean, I worked mm-hmm. at in a, the large, I worked at Home Depot as a buyer and every time we did research on QR codes, people just didn't use them. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, ultimately if something's going to turn into a dead end and it's not growing or it's going backwards, you, you have to make the hard call. You have to make the decision because at some point the business has to keep, it has to, has to go, right? You can't just keep pushing and, and wasting your money, other people's money, and letting it ride at some point it has to take off 
Yeah, yeah. And, and you know, so and sometimes... That, yeah, go ahead. No, no, go ahead. Well, and sometimes you, you got to consider the time, too, because I forget who it was that was saying, I think it was... Actually, I think it was Tony Robbins, and it was partnered up with, like, um, a couple actors. And this was back in the early 90s. They were doing live... They were doing streaming of their content, their movies. And it just would not take off. And they put you know, millions of dollars into it. And then they quit. They gave up on it. And then like five years later, Netflix came out. <laughs> so, you know, <laughs> I, you know, and, and streaming video got more. But the thing is, at the time, the technology didn't support that, you know, the streaming. It just wasn't there. But, you know, you got to look yeah. at the time. Sometimes you're way ahead of your time. Sometimes you're just you just miss the time. You know? Yeah. Yeah. It's tough, depending on the nature of the idea, too. Yeah. You know, yeah. sometimes I mean, most most businesses take seven years to go somewhere, but between zero and seven, they're growing. They have positive momentum. Um, you know, there, there's things that you can see that are fundamentally good and progressing in the right direction. So, you know, it may it may have taken you ten years to hear of Yeti before they were super popular, now a public company. But, you know, mm -hmm. between zero and four years when nobody knew of them, they're still growing. They're still progressing. And so that's the key is looking at what's the, you know, is this adding utility to some of life? Is it changing their life to making it better? Um, is it something that they're excited about? Are you getting, are you evoking an emotion, adding a utility to their life? And then do they want it? Are they willing to pay for it? And so as you answer all these questions, you can start to see, like, where do I need to change and pivot? But, you know, a good example, too, is, when you look at Instagram adding stories, I always like to use this as an example. So Instagram, very successful story. People loved Instagram. It was amazing. You know, the original guy sold it for a billion and then now it's valued at like somewhere in the hundred and $150 billion range. So obviously a very su high success story. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> but you know, if you, if you ask yourself how exciting would Instagram be without stories, you'd say, well, I, I don't know. I mean like right now my feed on Instagram is 80% stories. So it kind of tells you, like, people don't, don't want to post these concrete pictures that last forever. They want to post something that's a little bit more fluid that can go away. Well, that's mm -hmm. a huge pivot for them. That's something they adapted, they learned from. They didn't quit, right? But they also added it on. So there's this huge balance of how do I keep progressing and adapting my business for, for what the market wants? At the same time, when do you know when to kill a feature, right? And the business that's going well. Like, when you're Best Buy, when do you stop selling CDs? Mm -hmm. You know, and make that real estate available for something else. So it's very difficult to make those decisions. Um, but it's a constant balance of killing a feature, killing an idea within your business to make sure you can get ready for the next piece. Or, you know, when do you just hang it up like in the case of a QR code? Yeah, absolutely. Well, Instagram's another great uh, story because if you look at the background of Instagram, it did not start out the way it ended up. It was more of like a blog. And they just found that people were sharing pictures more than they were and images and stuff more than they were using the rest of the, the platform. Yeah. So they, they transitioned. And then when they went to stories was about the time Snapchat came out. And they were like, oh, that's popular. Yep. Let's add that. <laughs> and then where'd yeah. Snapchat go? They didn't do that? <laughs> and they were already yeah. a bigger platform yeah. than, than Snapchat. So Snapchat was coming up and then the, the stories disappeared and stuff like that. So yeah, the evolution, I, this, I can just talk about this for, this is what I was talking about. This is where I geek out at. I can sit and just study this stuff and have these conversations forever, man. I love it.
Oh, yeah. yeah, so many. It's just the evolution. Even my wife and I were talking the other day about uh, Chick-fil-A, of all things, and just had a conversation. We're like, you know, when did Chick-fil-A start? And I remember back in the 80s, it was in the malls. And I was like, well, it must have started around, around that time, around the 80s. But to your point about, you know, products being out forever and then finally making mainstream, we looked it up and found out that Chick-fil-A was started in 1946, like yeah. 40 years before, yeah. almost 40 years before I thought it was originally yeah. started. And which is yep. cool, which is also. There's definitely, yep. There's the, gr- there's the grinding phase that everyone goes through. And I think the balance of when do you know you should keep grinding and when you should quit is, is very subjective. But, mm-hmm. you know, when you, when you put your family at harm or when you're doing something, you know, that just the market isn't accepting you have to make the hard decision. Yeah, brother, that's the big point right there. And thanks for saying that because, you know, when you're putting yourself and your family at harm for the for the sake of your dreams, man, look, that hits home for me because <laughs> yeah. I was that guy for quite some time in another industry, spent $60,000 in credit card debt and literally losing hair over yeah. the stress. I mean, just, yeah, not worth it, man. So yeah. I, I can definitely no, relate with that. Definitely relate with that. So, you know, let's talk a little bit more about this app because I get why you pulled it up, you know, why you, the the need for it. I actually downloaded it on my phone and was checking it out myself because what I do is, is I've got, you know, I've got several different emails and I still use a Yahoo account for that junk. I call it my junk mail. Um, Literally, I don't subscribe to anything. And there are some things that I do want to subscribe to that quite frankly, I do use another account that is kind of my main account and I'm constantly getting bombarded yep. with, I mean, you name it. There's certain services that I use, for instance, like LinkedIn. I get so many followers on LinkedIn and so much content and so much information. I get LinkedIn, LinkedIn, LinkedIn. I just got to go through and select all LinkedIn and delete them all. It's a nuisance, but I still yep. want to want to have access to that stuff. Yeah, exactly. And that was kind of the idea. You know, where I usually ask men first, um, gets their emails today from brands. They love seeing the emails because they're they're savvy shoppers. They want to get the coupon, understand what new items are coming out, et cetera, et cetera. So that's that's to me, you know, for us an easy sell. You know, for men, I always ask, okay, tell me your top five or ten hobbies and brands that you want to keep up with, right? So maybe you're a fisherman, you want to see the Bass Pro email. They have all the new deals and products that are coming out, exciting things. Well, I'm a runner, so I want to see Nike and Solomon, and you know all the different event series and races that are going on. Maybe it's concert series. Maybe it's a newsletter from, you know, your favorite athlete. Well, all these things are, you know, curated in a sense of, you know, they spend a lot of time creating that content. So it could be a promotion, could be a new item, could be a newsletter, an event like a concert, you know, any of these items. But when they're active, they're annoying. And that's the problem because you're, you're going through Starbucks at 6 a.m. and, you, you know, you're looking at your email really quick. You're certainly not in the mood to shop. You're, you're not in the mood to, you know, keep up with brands and events at that point in time. Mm-hmm. But when it's, you know, lunchtime, you got a half an hour to look, look at stuff or, you know, you're at, you're relaxing the couch at night and you want to see what's going on there. Think of it like a personally curated magazine. Well, now you jump in ad caddy on your terms and we, you flow through these marketing emails, essentially. In a, or these communications from your brands in a way that, that's fun. It'd be like a, a personally curated magazine where every page is a brand that you're excited to see what's going on. And it's kind of like you're in a mall 
all. You're there with intent. You're there to look at these things. And so I found myself now, one, my personal inbox is so clean. It's amazing. So I love that piece of it. So it, it clears uh-huh. up a cluttered inbox, makes it really easy to manage. But then I get excited to see the new Bonobos email with the new shirts they came out with. It's actually exciting. I've never in my life been excited to see those emails. Now I'm excited because I, you know, I love Nike, for example. I want to see what new running shoes Nike's coming out with. Well, that's fun and exciting to see when it's on my terms. And so that's what we do. We give you a new email address. We, you can then use that to sign up and subscribe to all the brands. You use it when you're checking out. So all the market, the shipping and receipts are nicely organized. Um, and everything is organized by brand in the platform. And then we separate shipping, receipts, and marketing. And we have all types of controls. And the things that we're going to start to put into this app in, in eight weeks with the newest build is you can say, all right, Nike, I just bought a pair of shoes. I don't want to have an email for 60 days. So you can kind of shut it down when you you need a you need a break from that brand, if I if you will. So you don't get exhausted or you know fatigued from seeing too many emails from them mm-hmm. you gotta understand capitalism can't exist without marketing they're gonna find a way to get to you whether that means sending something in your mailbox texting you because they're you're forced to give your your phone number some way they have to get the message across so if i could put the user in control now both sides are happy so they're not going to annoy you and you can you can control how you want and then nike now knows okay well this guy only wants to hear from me every 20 days well let's send them something that's relevant to him you know, because the, from their perspective, they're saying, "Well, I'm just going to send this, these, you know, my list something five times a week because I don't know what they want, when they want it, how they want it." So they're just doing this shotgun approach. So we want to be what we're calling a brand relationship manager. So we connect the brand and the consumer. We allow you as the consumer to manage your brands. Then it becomes fun and exciting. Wow, that's really cool, man. I, I like it because it, it's <laughs> definitely need that. Like I said, there's stuff like. Bahama breeze down the street. I want to know when they have, you know, a, a 40% off, you know, happy hour or something like that. Yeah. You know, I want to know that kind yeah, of stuff. Exactly. You know, I don't want to miss out on that. Exactly. Yeah, so really having cool. control and being control of when you see it, it's a lot of fun. And, you know, so do you have like, how does, so exp- what's the difference in ad caddy than just having a regular separate email account? Yeah, great question. Um, one, the controls that we give you. So you can kind of determine um, exactly how often a brand can send you emails. If you want to snooze a brand, you can, you know, it's 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 very user controlled and it's controlled in the sense of you only jump in when you want to jump in. You know, if you create a new email address and then you plug in your iPhone, everything just gets married together and it's just another email at that point. Right. Um, but the main thing that we do is how we organize and park the emails. So when you jump into AdCaddy, you see a list of brand tiles, and it'll tell you if that brand has an unread email. It'll tell you if that unread email is marketing, or if it's maybe a shipping notification, or if it's a receipt. So we show you that very quickly in the front page, and then when you click on a brand, we parse out through some machine learning, basically, your marketing emails, receipts, and, and, and shipping. So you can very quickly access that. So let's say you're walking into a store and you want to see what's going on. You can just click on that brand tile and then you can see from the brand landing page all of all the things that are going on from that brand. So it's really the how it's organized within our custom app um, and then the controls that you have as a user that drastically you know differentiate it from a traditional email. Wow, that's really cool. So is building apps, is that something that you normally do, or did you have somebody else build this out for you? How'd that work out? So I, 
have a co-founder that's been in the you know tech development space for 25 years, and uh, he's really taken that piece of it on. But I, I've done some design work on the app side, UX UI, from the standpoint of you know taking an idea and how this is going to flow through. So you know between the, the team that we have um, working on this and operations and design, myself, and then we have a technology side of full-time developers um, that, that do the tech expertise. So I'm not. I'm not a coder per se, um, but I have had some experience on creating technology since. Yeah, that was pretty neat. My oldest boy was, you know, real techie. He's real techie, and he I had him building an app for um, when I was on active duty to uh, when apps were really just kind of getting more and more popular. Uh, he built a pretty cool app for my organization. Uh, I was pretty proud of him for oh, that. Oh, nice. <laughs> it so was neat too. To a lot of people yeah. use it. They still use it too. And I didn't. I didn't charge nice. for it or anything. We just threw it out there for them, you know, password protected and stuff. Because yeah, it was pretty neat. So I dig that kind of stuff. And I'm working with some other guys that are doing apps. Because I there's a couple of businesses that I work with that absolutely need apps for their uh, for their business for making appointments and all kinds of stuff. That's just apps are really good yeah. for for many business models. And uh, I yes, just think that's are. another. Mm-hmm. They get complicated, but it's um, you know, it's a crowded space in apps, mm-hmm. and so the the key thing within that is have a niche and then add a utility to somebody's life. Otherwise, the retention is very very difficult. Oh, absolutely! Convenience and delivery are the two top things when it comes to any type of product or service these days, uh, and an app can do that. And when I want to order a pizza, I get on the app and I half of you know i almost order the same thing pretty much every time i just click reorder and boom i can even track it it's in the oven you know i mean every little thing when i go get a haircut i get on my app and i schedule my haircut same person they already know exactly what i want you know the whole bit it's just so much more convenient and so many business models can can use it so good on you man that's awesome and that's a good news story uh and i think you're definitely paying it forward because what it's doing for me is really decluttering my email so I don't miss the important emails, for instance, from clients or, you know, know, any number of things that I absolutely need to get because all of the ads, like you said, I've got four or five um, emails that all feed into one feed when I open up my phone and I've got 2,000 unread emails, (laughs) you know, so and 90% of them are are, are brands or advertising. Yeah. That I don't. That I do yeah. want. I want to receive them. I just don't want all of them in the feed. So, absolutely brilliant, man. I dig it. Exactly. So, cool. brother, no, we're at the that. excellent, man. So we're at the point where we're going to pay it forward. You ready to do that? Yes, sir. Excellent. So, share with men of abundance one to three actionable steps that they can take today. And one of the things I kind of want to lead forward on this on. I don't normally do, but you mentioned about how detailed and how organized you are with your busy life i'd like to hear a little bit about uh, some action steps towards that if you would yeah absolutely um on the on the busy life side um you know i'll, I'll caveat this with you know a lot of guys will say i oh, wake up at four thirty. you know you can sleep when you're dead those are just i think a little bit ignorant statements because you know, at some point, it's been dramatically proven how important sleep is, not only to your cognitive abilities during the day. And, you know, it, it's I think I heard a stat the other day is if if you sleep on average less than, I think, six hours, there's a 100 percent chance of like 
Alzheimer's and dementia at a very at, a, at an early age. So you know, sleep is just vitally important. So I, I get seven to eight hours of sleep every night. I, I just force myself to get that amount of sleep. But I'm typically up between five and six a.m. and like everything is very scheduled from the standpoint of my first meetings usually around six thirty or seven. 7.30, and then where I go and what I do to make sure that my work done across multiple businesses and then jump into, you know, family time at 4.30 because I have extremely young kids. That's the time before they need to go to bed. And then once they're in bed, I can spend some time with my wife and then I can get back to work. So it, it allows me to kind of be, you know, intentional around those things. And if I want to exercise... I got to force it in at lunch or I got to force it in, <clears throat> excuse me, at an early morning um, time frame. So I think having the priority of what's important for the week. So if I know I'm going to work out three times, I'm going to schedule it or five times, I'm going to schedule it. If I want to have, you know, extra time with my kids in the morning, I'll schedule it. And so I think just being intentional about those things is, is probably the most important thing that I do. Um, and it all comes down to a calendar. If it doesn't get on the calendar, it doesn't get done. It's kind of like setting a goal, but in a much more realistic sense to say, I'm going to schedule, you know, taking my kids to school this day as opposed to a meeting at 630 in the morning. So just putting all that on the calendar and being intentional early in the week, it really, you know, what gets scheduled gets done. And so it's just a great way to, to organize your life around it, make sure it happens, make sure it's logical and the logistics work out um, and then it ends up happening so it's been a, a great trick for me of planning the week out putting the calendar and then executing mm, excellent man yeah if your to-do list is not on your calendar guys it's not going to get done <laughs> that's my experience yeah. now it's just going to sit yep. in your t it's just going to sit on your desk so you already mentioned a couple rituals but what other rituals make a big impact in your life um, I'd say one for me is running. Um, it's my time, you know, it's my time of meditation. It's my time of thinking. It's my time of creating new ideas. Like any creative thought that I have almost always happens on a run because I'm forced into this headspace of, you know, really no other distractions. I know for that one hour or whatever, it's, you know, plus or minus 20 minutes that I'm going to be focused on a task and my mind can just start to wonder and, and think about new ideas. So f for me, whatever that is, you know, for yourself, it could be woodworking. It could be sanding something, like making something. It doesn't matter what it is, but, you know, it, it's hard to tell somebody to go sit in a quiet room for 20 minutes. Like, it just, it's just hard to force that in. But if you do it in the sense of an exercise routine or, you know, building something, something that's a little bit more mundane, it could be cutting the grass, right? So maybe today you pay somebody to cut your grass, but it takes an hour. Well, cut it yourself. And then, you know, not only save money, but during that time, it gives your brain time to disconnect and really think, which we are not very good as Americans. Um, but having those activities that you kind of enjoy, could maybe save you money or, or keep you healthy, whatever it might be, allows your mind to then get into a flow state of, you know, thinking through and being creative. I really like that because I've had to train myself to sit in a quiet room here in my office or even down by the lake and just sit with no headphones on, no nothing, and just think and just, you know, just kind of clear my mind. Mm -hmm. It takes training to do that, believe it or not, because one of the things that I do with it many does. of my clients yeah. is I have them, one of the first things I have them do is just write a question at the top of a book or a piece of paper 
and just sit for an hour and just answer that question in your mind and write it down. And most, they struggle with it because they're so darn busy. They're used to being active and moving, but that is a great technique uh, to do basically the same thing, but be busy. Yeah. Yeah, I love it. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. It kind of, it's, it's a little bit of a dual task, but you, mm-hmm. you don't need to think much while you're running, you know, or you're cutting the grass, you know, right. you just, you go and then it forces you into that, that flow state. So. Yeah. Wonderful. Um, yeah. Don't try this powerful. using the lay the, in the woodworking department or anything, but, <laughs> but yeah, yeah. be safe out there guys. But yeah, something that you don't have to think, you know, really concentrate too much on. Uh, don't do it while you're driving. So, what you know? What are you reading or listening to that you would recommend to our abundant leaders, and why? Yeah, um, you know, I like the podcast. You know, from an entrepreneurial perspective, how I built this by Guy Ross. Mm-hmm. It's a big one for me. That you know, I I think every story has something to learn in that. So that's been a good one that I listen to a lot. Um, and then from right. Now what I'm reading is a lot of things around advertising um, for AdCaddy and, you know, like there's a book called Frenemies that's really good if you're in advertising. And then um, I get into a lot of things around medical and uh, I'm in a business that's in athletic med tech. And so, you know, that's what I like to do is like whatever I'm in in that moment, like what if I was trained to be a doctor? Well, I go down that path of like being able to have a conversation with somebody that is a doctor or on the flip side, or somebody that's been in advertising for 30 years, have some original thought. So I, I, I dive deep into these categories um, from a listening and learning perspective. So I kind of zoom out, get some general learnings from people that I love and respect and want to hear from, and then I dive into very, very specific topics. I'm going to try and become an expert on those. Very cool. Yeah, I love it. That's the best way to have to, to become. Well, I think the second best way to become an expert in the category is to have conversations with people who are doing it. The next best thing is to teach it yeah. or to have conversations about it. Because uh, you only know something to the yeah. point that you can explain it to somebody else. <laughs> so I, I heard a really interesting uh, point on exactly what you just said from a behavioral economist that I sat down with. And he was a CEO of a big company for a while. And he said, look, if I have somebody that needs to learn a lesson on something and, you know, typically you would say, well, I'm going to get you a mentor and help you learn that lesson. He's like, that's really not that effective. He goes, but if I take that same person that needs the learning and I say, hey, I want you to mentor somebody else, he goes, they get it all in spades. And the reason being is from like when you're forced to think through your message of how you're going to teach and train somebody else, you're forced to like really solidify that idea idea in your and and think it more clearly because you then have to talk to somebody else about it and that was a really really interesting way of thinking about it right so you have mm-hmm. an employee that needs a, to learn a lesson on you know like how you should talk to you know superiors in a meeting all right well as opposed to getting him mentored have him mentor somebody else and that's just a really powerful way of, of kind of turning the psychology around on it and they end up really changing when they're trying to tell somebody else how they should do it yeah, the healthiest time in my life was when I was a health and fitness instructor <laughs> in group in group fitness. Yeah, <laughs> um, because yeah. I was doing yeah. it all the time and teaching it all the time. Therefore, I was you know practicing it myself. So, what do you feel holds most people exactly. back from living a life of true abundance, Todd? Um, so, it, I, you know, what, another thing around pay it forward is I, I do this this deal where I go and talk to college students and I, and I teach an entrepreneurial class at the University of Georgia and it's a ton of fun. I get 
to do it a couple once or twice a year and I do a few classes and you know at the end of it knowing that these these 20 year olds or 19 year olds aren't going to remember everything that we talked about in that class there's usually one takeaway and I say sign up for something that scares you so one thing I say you, you, you may not remember anything else that I said today but if anything I said today supports one action on your side it would be sign up for something that scares you because when you do that one thing it, it essentially it starts to build the muscle of discipline to get that one thing done it, it teaches you the hey even though you're scared it's only a point in time and then you won't be scared doing it this second time it, it teaches you so much and, and i've learned these lessons by you know you know, starting a business that scared me, you know, start signing up for an ultra marathon that scared me, you know, whatever these pieces are. And then as you kind of conquer that first task, you know how big it is, right? It could be a 5k to start off, but it scared you. You didn't think you were a runner. You didn't think you could do it, or you didn't think you could speak in front of 200 people and you signed up for something to, to force yourself to do it. Whatever it is that scared you, you sign up, you do it. And then you just, you basically proven to yourself that you can do it. And then there's so many lessons that you'll learn inherently by doing it, like what it takes to be disciplined to stay, you know, engaged in that, what it takes to, you know, learn enough so you can do a good job in it. You know, all the pieces that go along with the exploration of completing that task that, that essentially effectively scared you, um, build something in you that says, well, okay, if I could do that, what's the next thing that I can do? And then you just keep growing these pieces of abundance, essentially, to use your term. And, you know, you're proving to yourself the only person that holds you back is you. But at the same time, there's a trick in that to say, well, you also have to have the capability, right? You know, you have to build the capabilities in order to get better and better to do that. Like, you, you know, if you're running a $200 million business and all of a sudden you want to run a $200 billion business, it's a different skill set. You know, mm -hmm. you go from 10 employees to 1,000 employees. So you, you can get there and it might scare you, but you have to build towards those learnings. And so, so that's what I say is just, you know, what holds people back is doing things that scare them. And in order to do that, you just have to start somewhere. Like how yeah. big or small it is, start somewhere, do something that scares you, and then sign up every year for something that really scares you, that you really have to kind of, you know, learn learn and figure out and, and, and get towards. So that, that, that's it. That's a powerful message, man. Yeah, definitely. The cure for fear is action. And you're taking action in each yeah. one of those events. Absolutely love it, man. So what does being a man of abundance mean to you, Todd? Um, you know, I tie everything back to, you know, am I abundant in life across the board? Am I helping other people in my situation am i helping other guys starting businesses I'm, on the lessons that i've learned am i loving my family am i loving my kids am i being the things that people expect from me as a dad or a husband or you know an employee or an employer or whatever it might be so i think for me i segmented by area and you know i kind of set out clear expectations i have of myself and desires i have of myself and am i being abundant within of the each of those so when my wife say i'm the best husband when my kids say i'm the best dad and you know in the areas that really matter to me am i growing in abundance in those and and, and that's it i mean it changes for everybody right i mean you may not have kids so you don't care to be the best dad and so it's really you know subjective to you but if you don't think about those things you'll let life dictate you know having the most likes on instagram what does that do for you mm -hmm. you know so 
little things like that where you're intentional about here's the things that I want to be really good at and the things that matter to me. Um, and it was, what's really fun is you set those out and five years later you go back and look at them. You're like, oh, wow, I, I achieved all of those things. What next, right? But then that gets back to my earlier point of, okay, well, now you've grown in abundance. You've grown in these disciplines. Now you can achieve bigger things. And it may not be about you. It may, it may be what the world needs from you at that point. Um, and it could shift. But that's fun, too. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely, man. Thanks for sharing that. So, brother, we are going to close this up. And we are most certainly going to have your website and your link, adcaddy.com, linked up in the show notes so people can go check that out. What else would you like for our abundant leaders to get out of our conversation today before I let you go? No, I think, you know, from this standpoint, I love this podcast. You know, I, you know, I would say, again, back to that challenge I give everybody is, and I give myself every year, sign up for something that scares you. And I think that would be something that you could have an actionable takeaway from this. And then as you're doing that, you know, you may think back to something you've heard on, on this podcast or our conversation today. Um, but it, it all starts with that one action, that one step. Um, and do something that kind of scares you, something that you know you want to grow in and get better at, um, and, and make it happen. Absolutely, man. Powerful message. I totally agree with that. Guys, make sure you take action on that because that is the cure for fear is taking action. And I always say get uncomfortable. And the best there's an action step to get everybody's like, well, how do I do that? And there's one right there. Sign up. Go to sign up for your um, what do they call it? Go to Million Cups and sign up to pitch your business model or, you know, go to what is the other one that they do? Um Goodness, I can't think of it. I go to that one as well. But just sign up for something. Get out yeah. in front of people. Talk to people. Say hi to somebody. Ask a, ask for something. There's so many different things you can do. But, yeah, definitely sign up for something yeah. that scares you. Formalize it. Absolutely. Excellent. So, brother, excellent conversation, man. I dig what you have going on. I greatly appreciate your time and your comments. Go out live your life of abundance, man, and just keep paying it forward. I'm digging it. Awesome. Thank you. Great talk. That's all for today, Abundance Leaders. For more about our guests and the powerful information we shared with you today, be sure to sign up for our mailing list at menofabundance.com. We appreciate your time and look forward to hanging out with you on our next episode. So until then, be sure to pay it forward and live your life of abundance.